Titty Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings and welcome to episode 87 of the PlayStation Report. I'm Frank, and that foul-mouthed buffoon is Tyler. Nah, it's not me. Oh, yeah, it, it is you. Yeah, you, you, you nasty man. I changed my persona, and now I'm Ralph Turtle. Okay, sure, that's not how persona works, but, um, you know, go go for it. Just go for it. Yeah. Mm. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good, too. You know, this is the first week, Frank, in fucking... I don't know how long that I have not had to work extra at all, all week. That sounds great. That sounds and awesome. It's, and it's pretty much just been normal hours that I get paid for, and I'm like, right on. This wow. feels very weird. That sounds great. That sounds... Yeah. That sounds like something a little less great than me. I got the afternoon off today. Oh. Yeah, and I have tomorrow off for Veterans Day. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. How wonderful. Mm. Gotta love getting those government holidays off. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Which means I'm going to be able to uh, play a lot of Vigi games tomorrow. It's going to be great. Vigi games are happening. Yeah, they are. There's a lot of things to talk about today. There are a lot of things to talk about today. Um... I did lose my second fantasy game of the of the year. Yeah, by although, the same person. Although I will say, five of my top scorers had a bye week. Mm. So you know what? I was kind of set up for failure this week. The rest of the year, the rest of the season, I'm looking up. I'm looking really good. There you go. I'm on a hot eight game losing streak. I'm trying to set the record for that. So you're you just, know. I don't know what to say to you. You just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say to you, man. Get good. I don't know. Half the time I forget about fantasy football so far this season. Every time, like I get the notification on my phone of like four bench players are outscoring who you have now. And I'm like, Oh, it's Thursday. I need to set my shit. Mm. That sounds like that sounds like Sorry. a problem that I, you need I, to address. I changed some homies up. We'll I see. hope so. Do we'll I have anyone see. playing tonight? I have the Seahawks defense tonight against Arizona. Arizona doesn't have Carson Palmer. I figured that would be pretty uh pretty easy start right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's not 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 bad. Although they had that Adrian Peterson who's doing real good. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, I decided to change up who I've been playing my defense. I pick up the Bears defense. They're playing the Packers this week, and uh, the Packers just—they're not good anymore. Had one of those shows how much. Aaron Rodgers was just carrying that team. Oh, no. I just ripped out one of those hangnails, you know, man. They're just bad. Hot. Whew, hot. Hot. There's breaking news right now. Frank ripped out a hangnail and is in pain. Yeah. May the world weep for him. <laughs> shed a tear. Oh, man. You know what didn't make me shed a tear, Tyler? The Call of that? Duty campaign. Yeah. 
I mean, it is so, it feels so stiff to me. I just yes. beat it today. It just feels so stiff and straightforward. Oh, this is just a war story. This, it's hardly gets personal. Like it gets a little bit personal towards the end, but by then, like you've already checked out and yeah. it's, I, I just don't think it's that great of a story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Call of Duty World War II's campaign is, is definitely the weakest aspect of the game mm. where last year, you know, I, f- I think we both feel that Infinite Warfare's campaign was by far the best part of that, that, uh, package. And I, I agree with you. Stiff is a great way to put it. And it just feels a little like you've done all this before so much. And we talked like, yeah, we want to go back to World War II. And I think it is cool to see World War II with, you know, these consoles and, and all that stuff because we really haven't seen it look as gross and nasty as it does, you know? And that's interesting. But I just feel they really could have told a way better story with this. And my feeling is I started off with the opening two levels and I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. Uh, Some of these characters are kind of your generic soldier dudes, uh, but there's, there's potential here. And then I hopped on a AA gun and I shot down 25 planes all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what this is. You know, Mm -hmm. it's nothing like very grounded or makes you feel really connected. It's just, here's a world war two shooter you're gonna go shoot some nazis and blow some planes up and i'm like hey like the second i got on that aa gun shot down like 20 planes i'm like yeah this is lame this is not not as as fun as i thought it was going to be i'm only four missions in and there's moments where i'm like this is enjoyable to play but overall it's it's a little bit of a a drag to me yeah and there are certain segments of the game where it's minor gameplay spoilery like you're not boots on the ground you're in a vehicle of some sort and that does not feel good at all those those segments feel terrible i'd say um yeah it's i have a couple of problems with this game but in the campaign more specifically some of the gameplay segments they chose to add in there i feel like they they kind of half-assed it like they were like they were told hey you need to have a little bit more variety in your campaign and then they were like okay we'll just we'll just shove this in there it's it's okay but it it's just not good yeah um yeah, I, I, and the missions aren't like terribly exciting. There are some really cool set pieces, which you'd kind of expect from a call of, modern Call of Duty game. But outside of that, there's nothing that really excites me about it. And I guess I'll go into some more minor spoilers. You're only on the Western Front. This game doesn't explore the Eastern Front, doesn't explore the Pacific at right. all. And that is, I don't know, It's that seemed like, because in previous World War II games, even as close back as um, Call of Duty uh, World at War, they did explore the other fronts, at least to some extent. 
in this, no, it's just all all the Western Front, all with the same group of people. And even through that, I didn't feel like they they tried to make you connected to these other people. But it, I just don't think there was any compelling reason to care. Right. And, and I think there's potential in just staying on one front and just following this this group of soldiers through and see how they grow and, you know, fight with each other and, you know, get pissed at each other and blah, blah, blah. It, or, you know, tell this story, which I felt like they were going to when they asked them, like, ah, there's just this guy and, you know, you're going to, you know, see how bad war is. And it's like, OK, that that has a lot of potential, you know, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, they only, they only like, seem I to kind of don't care. Yeah, they only seem to explore it in one aspect where, like, leadership is bad and people are dying. Right. Like, that's that's the only aspect they really explore in it. Like, there are some minor touches on other topics, but they don't actually go into anything else as deeply as they do that. And it's ju- it just seems one-dimensional, the way they try to hit you. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I think... Some of the gameplay segments, at least so far, are a little just kind of by the books. You know, there's a ton of Nazis here and you're going to shoot them. It's like, all right, I'm all of a sudden this like killing machine. Let's do this. Although I like the change of the health system in the campaign. I don't know how you feel about that. It's not your traditional weight in heal and you'll all of a sudden heal if, if you find cover and stuff. It's you need to have health packs and all that stuff. Now, you get health packs a lot to mm-hmm. where it's really not even a concern. But I thought like right in the beginning when you start on with D-Day and you're running up the beaches and everything, you got to find cover, you're diving and all that stuff. And it's like, shit. I don't have med kits and I might actually die right now, you know, right in the very beginning of the game. And I thought that was neat. I wish they would have actually maybe made it a little bit harder and like kind of went between traditional Call of Duty and Wolfenstein 2. Because Wolfenstein 2 is kind of on the other end where Wolfenstein 2 is fucking pretty fucking hard at times, even on a lower difficulty, you know. But then you get like your squad and they can, you know, you kill a bunch of Nazis and then all of a sudden they can throw you a health pack or ammo or spot enemies and stuff. And that stuff can be neat, but it's not not as exciting as Infinite Warfare's campaign. Infinite Warfare's campaign was just so cool because one, the characters were great. The art direction was awesome. Because you saw a ton of like different planets and locations and stuff. The gameplay was fucking really exciting to me. And, you know, you had like side missions and all kinds of cool shit. You're hopping all over space. And I'm like, this is awesome. Where like, yeah, you can't do that with World War II. But, you know, I felt like if New Warfare's campaign actually blew up what a Call of Duty campaign could be and took it in really bold, interesting directions for Call of Duty... And this one's just a little bit of a a step back, mm-hmm. not just in time, just in you know actual design, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, but I I guess I'll, I'll hold back on some of the campaign stuff for a while until you until uh, you manage to get through it. But let's let's talk about like 
zombies because I played zombies with you guys mm-hmm. last night and I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool that they're doing something new with it. Yeah, zombies is awesome. I, zombies is potentially my favorite part of this game. They're doing some really intri- intriguing things with the zombies. One, the map is just awesome and it's instantly familiar to me and just kind of recognizable and you know like oh this connects to that blah 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 blah. like right away it feels like an old school nazi zombies map and that's awesome but there's two kind of changes that i really like and that's one you don't repair windows anymore, which might seem like a, a lame thing, but it's something that has been traditionally in, in zombies since the very beginning. And taking that out has all of a sudden just kind of sped the gameplay up a little bit more, which I like. And then two, the whole like of just telling you your objective is yes. awesome. That makes the biggest fucking difference with this you know you and and some people might not like that but honestly i still think it makes zombies just as mysterious because the first time i played through it you get an objective activate the right hand of god it's like well what's the right hand of god i don't know it doesn't tell you where it is it just says activate it. So you're still wandering around the map exploring and then maybe you discover it and that light bulb goes off and it's like, oh, that's really awesome. And, you know, it's just giving you a little bit of a hint of like, this is what you got to do. And that's cool. And also, you can actually make it pretty far with just one or two or three people, which is awesome. You know, we made it to both times I've played I played with just one other person and then we played with uh, together with another person got to round 17 it's like when can you do that unless you're like super good at zombies and and I wouldn't say we're awful but we're obviously not zombie experts yeah it was it was honest that was my first time playing zombies in like almost like I think it's been at least six to eight months since I've played zombies so I, I don't necessarily remember exactly how it works in the way this thing this thing is new and it's guiding you through it. That's helpful a lot. And I think the map is just designed with more of like a flow involved because yeah. the, all the running around, like there are like side passages that you can duck down holes you can drop down into. I feel like they, they designed this with uh, mobility in mind. Right. I agree. And it's also, it's just kind of very difficult to make crawlers in this which is something you traditionally do in zombies so it's like you're just got a lot of running around it's kind of a creepy map like i like the look of it and there's times where it's like oh that's really really creepy looking with the lighting and spikes coming out of this thing it's like it is nasty homie what are you doing nazis mm-hmm. you know and it's it's just a it's also just really interesting to look at like seeing what this mm-hmm. structure is and like I know it's not real but like it's like why the fuck would anyone build this shit like right. what the hell this is this is some it's just some weird ass shit yeah and that's something that I like about this and Wolfenstein too at the same time of like what if 
You know, I, I know it's a little bit far fetched creating zombies, but like, what if they actually built this stuff? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's an, always an intriguing thought. And also, it's just, you know, it, it has stuff that's been in zombies since Black Ops 3 of like prestiging in a progression system, uh, loadouts, and a lot of customization of that stuff. And then, um, you know, the classes I think are kind of interesting. And they do each have a benefit. I like playing the medic, which I can go invisible to the zombies. And so if, you know, I mean, it happened with you. You went down, I picked you up because I was in, invisible and uh, was able to do that. And that's cool. You know, there's one shell shock uh, that just stuns a ton of zombies. I don't know. Which one were you playing? I was playing the support one, which its ability, when activated, draws zombies to me, and then I do bonus damage to them. But some of the oh. mods transferred that bonus damage to my teammates as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once you hit level 5 and you unlock mods, and you're able to invest into those things, you know, it definitely becomes a much deeper experience. And Some of those things are pretty cool, and I think if you put time into it, they could be super helpful down the road. And I'm excited about it. I really want to play a lot more and honestly, you know, give it a ton of shots and maybe try to actually finish this one. Yeah, that would be that would be a fun thing to explore. Yeah. I mean, it felt like we were pretty far, but according to someone else we were talking to, we were only like halfway and it's like, fuck. <laughs> like it got really hard all of a sudden. Mm hmm. And those big zombies that they introduced, like the, the special ones, like they're they look intimidating. They do. And even like some of the other zombies, they added like the smaller, faster ones. Those are kind of terrifying when you see a horde of them just like buzzing around. Yep. It's pretty, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's my favorite zombies experience since Black Ops 1. Honestly. I mean, I didn't really enjoy Black Ops 3 zombies that much. Infinite Warfare was fun. I just didn't put time into it. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. curious to see if there are any other Easter eggs that are actually secrets on the map. Yeah, because they mm -hmm. do lead you through one of them. But I wonder right. if there. I wonder if there's like an alternate path that someone's going to discover. Yeah, I don't know. It's exciting. Multiplayer though, we oh. played a lot of multiplayer. Oh yeah. Um, I I'm up to. 32 and you're at what 29 yeah rank. something something around there yeah and we stayed up way too late last night uh-huh playing it <laughs> i woke up this morning i'm like fuck i really shouldn't have stayed up that late last night but you know what i had a, a blast playing it. um something about this game's multiplayer is just really clicking with me i don't know about you uh, I, I'm liking it. I have one problem that I'll get into, but go ahead. What is, what is that problem? Call of Duty has shotgun problem. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes. There's, there's definite balance issues. Yeah. And the shotguns being the worst one. I mean, the shotguns are very weak. Dreadfully weak. And they try to counterbalance it with the, with the, uh, dragon's breath rounds or whatever they call them incendiary rounds yeah 
but by doing that, like you have to load those rounds in every time you spawn in. Uh, you like you get like four of them per life, and yeah, you if you hit them and you get a solid hit on them, they'll likely die. But mm. it's also like it increases the damage drop off. Like so, normally shots that would do more damage from uh, from a certain range, like the damage will drop off, and then the f flames won't necessarily get you up to where it would have been. Ooh. And you don't get the kill. Uh, it's it's really strange the, the choice they made, and like <laughs> I just wish shotguns were effective. In general, they they seem very ineffective because it considered, for example, it considered a long shot, something that was like maybe 10 feet away. It considered a long shot with a shotgun. That it, That's just ridiculous. Like they were literally standing up a flight of stairs and they considered it a long shot. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? This is a shotgun. Like the, the, it just. It doesn't go away. The shrapnel doesn't go away, like immediately. Like what the hell? It's. I, I just think there's a problem with the shotguns. It needs balance. And in addition to that balance, I think there's there's some things that are there's just not right with the assault rifles, particularly the uh, the bar. Mm -hmm. Considering that an assault rifle is kind of ridiculous when you look into the history of what the Browning automatic rifle is. Yeah. That thing is a huge behemoth of a gun. You're not running around toting that thing. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's just. It's, I don't know. So, some of that stuff just doesn't feel genuine to the weapons. And it doesn't even name your shotgun. It's called a combat shotgun. They, they, they just they just call it the combat shotgun. And I don't know about you, but, you know, shotguns usually have, you know, guns usually have model numbers mm -hmm. or names, at least. Like, it's it's just strange. <laughs> but there's there's other things that are just i think the core experience of the multiplayer is good i think yeah. it i think it's fun there's a lot of just corny bullshit. ass bullshit around yes. it though absolutely and i think there's just really weird like hit detection things of like dude i literally just shot you four times and the hit markers i got every single one of them and you're not dead and then you just turn around and shoot me and i'm i'm dead it's like what in spawns are honestly a little bit more questionable than i feel in past call of duties uh especially in like war mode the one map operation breakout uh, is like wow the spawns in one certain area is just completely puts you at a disadvantage like immediately mm -hmm. it's like this just kind of sucks and i just feel like i've been killed very quickly after i spawned more more than than in the past um but i i agree with you and just something about the gameplay is just kind of really clicking with me and uh, I, I think there's a few reasons for that. One, I think, you know, having like daily challenges and weekly challenges and stuff is kind of a, it's a small but neat addition to Call of Duty mm -hmm. that I enjoy. It just gives you something else to reach for, which is cool. Um, <laughs> their whole supply drop thing is very fascinating. Uh, it's like, I love it and I hate it at the same mm -hmm. time. Like, it's so 
dumb that's like, hey guys, come check out my supply drop, see what I got. And we can all stand there and be like, wow, look at that cool thing. But then it's like it's World War II. This is really dumb. Mm-hmm. You know? or, or it's like, hey, come look at my stuff, go buy some loot boxes or something. It's like, eh, I, I don't know how I feel about it, but it is kind of, kind of a goofy thing. And it, I don't really like the headquarters space, to be yeah, honest I, with you. It's unnecessary. It's unnecessary, and it's unnecessarily large. And like, it, it is huge. I feel like it's putting stress on their servers in a way like they, they had to pull it out. Like you can't like as as the game currently stands today, like you aren't in headquarters with other players randomly matched up. Yeah. You have to be in party to go in the headquarters, which isn't how they originally designed it to be. And I, I feel like they're going to have a lot of trouble with that. Yeah. And it, it, it adds another layer of loading, like also right. when you're it's it, yeah like it, it can make that experience just really slow now in between matches you can just hit the button like boom you're in headquarters and you can run around and do orders or but that's know, how it that's how it is now that's how it is now right. that we're not matching into like that it isn't shooting you into a headquarters with other people we'll see how it yeah. we'll see how it plays out when they just try to re-implement that in mm-hmm. two like we were having some strange server problems of connecting that we haven't had in call of duty in a really really long time and it's like eh, you know i, I don't know if headquarters is the cause of that or, or if it's just server load or what but that that was just a little a little frustrating but like it's just an unnecessarily large space that's not that intriguing and most of the stuff there i'm like i just don't don't give a flying fuck especially if there's not going to be people there nah like the tower is just so much more of an interesting space to me. Like it's a larger space, but there's more to see and look around and do in it. And it's like, eh, I don't know. Um, we'll see how that that evolves. I like the whole divisions thing. I think it's kind of a cool thing and how you can prestige all of them and unlock things with them. Uh, you know, it's it's an interesting way to do creator class. It's just a different idea for Call of Duty, and I I don't mind it sure so one thing is war mode so they're bringing back war war's been called duty a few times and this is definitely the uh, a big shift from what war mode used to be it used to just be kind of a capture the flag thing in a way of like two teams literally fighting each other for one point. If you get one point, you get to advance up to get the next point, and then you go up and advance the next point, and then you take their their base, and it's done. Now it's it's a little bit different. It has a little bit more of an Overwatch feel where one map, you'll start off, and you have to go take a communication spot inside of a house. Then you'll have to go build a bridge so you can – get across it and then you'll have to plant a bomb to destroy all their ammo and then you'll have to escort your tank into their territory and that works like overwatch when escorting the tank and it can lead to this intensity that i haven't felt in call of duty in forever and that can be a really really great feeling but it can also lead to just absolute frustration a lot of times and in a lot of moments of just like that call of duty like 
bullshit sort of thing of like I totally had that guy. I don't understand why why uh, I didn't get him and he got me. And it's also kind of a issue of Call of Duty has become an inherently selfish experience. And now you're asking people to play it like they play Overwatch as a team mm-hmm. and work as a team and play the objective. And sometimes that can just be super, super frustrating when it's like, I'm the only one trying to build this bridge. And yeah, I think it's important to have maybe, you know, someone stand back and just take a bunch of players on the other team. That can work. But when five of those people are doing it, it's like, dude, go play team deathmatch. Bro, this is not the game mode for you. It's like, it can lead to just some frustrating things, but it's a game mode that that I like. I wish there was more maps to it. There's only three right now. I think they're all pretty cool. Uh, there's one that's straight up D-Day, so one team store in the beach, and the other ones are up in bunkers trying to hold them, and then it turns into a whole bunch of other stuff. There's one that's pretty much Battle of the Bulge, mm-hmm. and then uh, I don't really know what the other one's representing. Operation Breakout's the one I'm talking about. But yeah, I, anyways, I don't know. I just wish there was more maps. I think it's a, it can be a fun time, but just also know that the amount of fun you'll have, you'll probably have that equally in frustration. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a good one to like squat up with people to play. Yeah, because I, I can imagine with strangers, it's just going to be not fun. Right. Yeah, it's good to maybe get together, play a a few more matches, and then just be like, all right, let's just play something a little bit smaller, a little bit more tame, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just kind of hang out because, you know, then you might just get to the point of, like, getting frustrated with each other, and that's just not fun. Mm. Is that enough Call of Duty talk for now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely not the best Call of Duty. It's not a great game, but it's a game that's just really clicking with me right now. And that I am very much enjoying, you know, playing. I mean, I think between all all the game modes, I've probably put almost 15 hours in this game already. Mm-hmm. You know? All right. It's fun. It's a fun, fun time, but definitely not, not the greatest. And the campaign is a little... On the stale side. Mm. Did you play anything else? Wolfenstein 2. Oh, yeah? How far did you get in finished that? it. I haven't finished it, so I don't want to talk about, about it too much. I'm, I'm 100% going to finish it this weekend. I'm just going to plow through the rest of it on on a Sunday, and I'm very excited to do so. Uh, I'm about six and a half hours in, I think. Okay. Uh, that game goes places, man. Yeah. That's all I'll say right now until we talk spoilers next week but some of the greatest moments and then yeah just some of the greatest moments in gaming all packed into that game it's just like there were so many moments that just they're they're like and they range from like awesome character moments to just absurd shit man it's like it's that game has range and i think it does it well yeah I just can't believe they told a story this great. I mean, the first one's story was awesome, but this one is like, this is honestly one of my favorite stories in video games. Yeah, ever. and I th- I think uh, the old blood kind of like 
was a precursor to what what like how far they want to go with Wolfenstein because the old blood went places too. It was that was a yeah. really strange ass story. Yeah. But yeah, sure. it's this is <sighs> Wolfenstein is going to have a lot of things to be talked about <laughs> once we're ready to do that. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's just it is an incredible experience mm. for sure. I'm trying to think what else I I played. I think that's that's about it. I mean, a little bit of Mario, a little bit of Madden. I started the about uh, it. I yeah. started the Horizon Dawn, uh, Zero Dawn, uh, Frozen Wilds DLC. Just bare, just barely scratched the surface of it, but it's it's dealing with. Uh, you learn a lot more about the Banuk Clan, the mm-hmm. northern the northern clan with all those blue tubes and shit. You learn more about those guys. Uh, there's a new thing that's making the machines go crazy up there, and you're trying to figure that out. While also dealing with the cultural differences with this clan, like how they treat outsiders and how like their distrust of outsiders. And it's I think this DLC is going is it's just reminding me what I like about Horizon Zero Dawn. And I, I'm enjoying it for that. Did it feel good to get back in there after, you know, dude, I was lost, while? man. Like I totally forgot how to play that game. I almost Damn. died to like the first monster I faced. Yeah. Cause I was like, how the fuck do I do this? And also like they introduce like these newly corrupted, uh, machines, they behave differently. And there are some that have different abilities now. So yeah, that's, that's going to be a learning curve too. Right. I'm enjoying it I'm- though. More photo mode stuff <laughs> that I'm yeah. going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to play it. When I uh, get time, I'm going to jump back in, play through this DLC, and I'm going to platinum the game. Good. Because all I needed to do is the, um, gosh, what am I thinking of? The trials? Hunting grounds? Hunting grounds, yeah. That's all I have left. And I have about half of them done, so. Cool. Gotta do that. Um, (laughs) Speaking of photo modes, though, Assassin's Creed Origins. That game, I'm glad that game has a photo mode. Yeah, it's Cause that game is beautiful in the pictures we've all been kind of sharing back and forth. Just awesome, stunning pictures. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, every game should have a photo mode, man. Uh, I think maybe not every game, but big triple A sort of games. Love it. I think Sonic Forces can do without a photo mode. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see so. <laughs> Seen some gameplay of that. That game does not look too hot. <laughs> no. I was hopeful. I was hopeful that I'd be able to have a cool Sonic game where I could create my own character, but this doesn't look like a cool Sonic game. It's Sega, man. You know, you know they put out one good Sonic game. <laughs> That they, they didn't make, they just published that one. They con- they contracted right. that one out. <laughs> it's funny how like a, a Sonic game they contracted out is better than the Sonic game that they made. That's yeah. it's kind of damning of them. Like yeah. you can't even make your iconic thing. Nope. Oh man. We got a lot of news today, Tyler. We do. I think we're going to start off with a a slew of numbers. We all love numbers here at the PlayStation Report. This is episode number 87. I believe I dropped that at the top. 
But we got we got some numbers. We got the PlayStation Store's October's top downloads. And I'm going to bring us from 20 to 11 on PS4. You'll bring us from 10 to 1 at number 20. Minecraft, PlayStation 4 edition. At number 19, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Ooh. At 18, Dead Island, Definitive Edition. At 17, Rocket League. At 16, The Evil Within 2. At 15, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. 14 is Mortal Kombat XL. 13, Last of Us Remastered. 12, Drag Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen. And 11, Destiny 2. Number 10 is WWE 2K18. 9, GTA 5. 8, Madden NFL 18. 7, The Witcher 3. Wild Hunt Complete Edition, 6, NBA, 2K18, 5, Grand Turismo Sport, 4, Assassin's Creed Origins, 3, Middle Earth Shadow of War, 2, South Park, The Fractured But Whole, and number 1 is FIFA 18 mm. for October. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. Yeah. Oh. You know, Wolfenstein 2 coming in at number 19, it was only out for four days. But so was Assassin's Creed. Exactly. Like, I guess people so, are just itching for that Assassin's Creed. They're, they're missing yeah. out on on a great fucking Wolfenstein if they haven't played it. Yeah, and, and you know, Ubisoft said that Assassin's Creed Origins has sold 100% better than Syndicate. So I guess people were really wanting it. They got it. Uh, let's just hope that people don't forget about Wolfenstein 2 and maybe it has a little bit longer of a tail to it as people come around to it. Because, you know, obviously it came up on a jam-packed day, jam-packed time of the year. Yeah. I think the other very interesting thing here is South Park coming in at number two over top of Shadow of War. Hmm. You know, I, I thought Shadow of War would have been up there. I mean, it is obviously at number three, but you know, I thought that would have been number one or two. But South Park going over top of that's kind of surprising me. Mm. A lot of people playing that Gran Turismo Sport. I missed the, I missed the entry for all three of the events because I was playing other games. So I'm not going to be racing in any of the tournaments this month. So that kind of sucks. But yeah. I guess I can just train for later, you know. Right. Uh, shout out at the PS4 add-ons. The number one, Rocket League, Fast and Furious, 99 Nissan, Skyline, GTR, R34. They added Fast and Furious cars to Rocket League. I did, I'm not sure if I ever mentioned that, but that seems so natural. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. PS Vita, we got Salt and Sanctuary up top. I've been playing a little bit more Salt and Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you got Undertale there at number two. Still That's need to finish that. Great. Uh, PlayStation Classics, Resident Evil Code, Veronica X is at number one. And PlayStation VR, I Expect You to Die yeah. is number one. Cool escape room game. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um... We can almost assume Call of Duty World War II will chart this yeah. month, especially considering it sold twice as much as Infinite Warfare did at launch. Yeah, it's generated $500 million in sales. 
does not surprise me. Yeah. You know, the, the, the excitement around Infinite Warfare was not as high as past Call of Duties, and the excitement around World War II was definitely way better. So it just does not surprise me at all. I would, I, I'm more interested in how does Call of Duty World War II stack up against some of the better-selling Call of Duty games over the past few years. You know, is this series still somewhat... <sighs> I don't want to say on a decline, but it definitely is not excited people as much as, say, Modern Warfare 2 or Black Ops 1 did, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, where, where does it stack up there? But, you know, it, it's selling twice as much as Infinite Warfare does not surprise me. I wonder... And Infinite Warfare was still the best-selling game of last year. Right. Yeah. So... I think we probably know what the best-selling game of 2017's probably is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good for you, Sonic Forces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But the greatest-selling games of all time... Oh, boy. And that list, GTA V, has become the greatest-selling ga- video game of all time in the United States. <laughs> Oh man, what is what is the number here? Eighty-five million worldwide. It doesn't say exactly what the U.S. number is. Huh. Not sure. Yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily say worldwide. That's a really weird. It thing says because... best-selling game of all time in the United States, but then it gives worldwide. Uh, right. s- sales figures. Yeah, that's a that's a weird thing. I mean, regardless, eighty five million is insanity. I don't think they're counting Minecraft. Minecraft, yeah, Minecraft's up there. Yeah, I, sure. I just like if they combined all the SKUs of Minecraft. Like, yeah, I it's know well over hundred. I know Minecraft Pocket Edition is probably a separate thing on a list like yeah. there's different all different like editions of the game yeah i don't know i'd be curious to see what the total number of minecraft is last i saw they they were touting i don't remember how long it was ago but they were at 122 oh really yeah uh take two also noted gta online's huge success stating that online mode has had its best quarter yet in terms of revenue <laughs> Christ, people buying those shark carts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if we have the thing here, but uh, Take-Two recently said that they are going to look for opportunities to have reoccurring consumer spending. That's what they called it. Mm, yeah. In all of their future titles in that – Next year, they expect like record number numbers because of Red Dead 2. But they also said they have a new title launching in one of their, you know, most prestiged franchises. Bully Online. Gotten gotten an entry in a while. And a lot of people are thinking Borderlands 3, question mark. I still think Borderlands 3 is a little bit far away. And the other one to me, which I think is a little bit more likely, is Bioshock. Okay. 
it's been a long time since we've gotten Bioshock game 2013 with with Infinite. They said that they were committed to making Bioshock games, so that would be exciting. I'm curious to see how they make Bioshock a thing that people keep buying into. Like, uh, yeah. I, how do they sell microtransactions in Bioshock? Because I can see them doing it to Red Dead Redemption. Uh, they could sell you horse skins. Yeah. <laughs> or Yay. handkerchiefs. You can buy a new handkerchief. Yay. I don't know. I, I just I when I think about games that they can monetize in that way, I I'm not necessarily looking at Bioshock as one of those types of games. No. But uh I could definitely see Borderlands being that type of game, but like you said, it seems too early for that. Um I, I just don't know what else they have. Like I, I joked bully online, but if they were like, everyone's a bully in this, in, in these schools now, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know how you would do Bioshock either, unless you just changed what Bioshock is. And, you know, Bioshock's a linear story driven game. What if it's not a linear story driven game anymore? You know, what if it's like an open world sort of thing? Then you could maybe throw some of that stuff in there as a single player thing, but then that's just real gross. I don't like that shit. Mm. Who knows? Or they have a multiplayer like they did in Bioshock 2 that nobody wanted to play. Or they're they're making Red Dead Online separate from Red Dead Redemption 2. Maybe, Maybe that's their technicality. Who knows? The Red Dead Online is absolutely a thing. Mm. Let's talk about more games as a service. Overwatch. Yeah. They're adding a new hero. Moira. Moira. Ugh. Yeah, she's a healer. About time they added a healer. She does... Well, you know what? Anna's just not, not a good character. Just... No, 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 she's not. Just th- this character looks better because you throw orbs, and you and her ultimate is like it's it's a weird concept that I like, where like you have this huge beam that heals allies and hurts enemies. It's kind of I, I think that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And she seems like I don't know. I, I've seen some gameplay of her, and it looks like she can actually like fight a little bit. Whereas, you know, Mercy can't really... Zenyatta can fight. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't know. She seems she seems a little bit... She she seems fresh. Like, it, she doesn't seem like any other hero, really, to me. And that, that's a good thing when they add something new. Like, it's actually new. Yeah. I, I do think she sounds cool. And looks cool. I'm excited to play as as her but it is a little bit of a hodgepodge of ideas from other characters thrown in and to a blender and maybe some kind of cool comes out because i mean you have orbs you have a stealth attack similar to sombra's thing you have something similar to hanzo's scatter arrow so it's like these things have kind of been done but maybe you know, the way they're doing them still feels different, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all for new characters in Overwatch, though. I think the more characters you have, the better. 
you know, because yeah. then, you know, the more exciting the matches will be because it's like, oh, there's a lot of different combinations of stuff we can go with now than before. <laughs> but I'm excited to play her. Uh, early 20. I know. She's on the test server now. So hopefully soon. But the other thing they announced is Blizzard World, which is a new map. Mm hmm theme park based on blizzard's various projects that's a hybrid map that sounds like an amazing thing it really does early 2018 they said for that map i'm super excited to play this map i still got to play junker town i haven't played junker town yet mm, there's just so many games to play right now tyler yeah so many overwatch games. has kind of went on the back burner a little bit it has and that's sad yeah not a sad oh wait mm. no it's just like we used to play overwatch like all the time and it's like hey we don't play anymore but hey there's other games we're playing which is fun but we won't be playing any games from runic games in the future no Definitely they were not. shut down they made torchlight and hob yeah just sucks studio gets shut down i don't know there wasn't much buzz around Hob. I heard it was a fine game, but it's just... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's always... I like Torchlight. Torchlight was a fun game. What is Torchlight? I, I never it's, played it, but I've heard a lot about it. It's kind of like Diablo. Oh. But yeah, it's... Okay. It's, it's got its own things. Yeah. Um, Hob was cool from what I played at, at PAX. I, it just... To me, it just came out at a really bad time. It came out like the end of September. It's like, bro, there's a lot of games out now, and there's a lot of games coming out very soon. This might not be the best time to launch, but maybe it was kind of shoved out the door a little bit because they were going to be shutting the studio down. It's an unfortunate thing, especially when you make critically you know, acclaimed games, and then you get shut down. It's like, well, this just kind of sucks, so... Sucks to see Runic games go. And it sucks to see people losing their jobs. Absolutely. And that's exactly what happened at Telltale as they reduced 25% of their workforce, which translates to about 90 people getting laid off. Wow. Whew. That's a lot of people. Really insane considering how fast they grew and now they're just now they're cutting. Yeah. A little bit, a little mean, bit of little bit of turmoil over there at Telltale. Yeah. It, as shitty as it is to say it, I mean, I feel like the buzz around their games has not been that strong anymore, you know? Because they grew and they're like, this formula is great. We're going to stick with it. And they really, really have stuck with it. And people have just not been as excited about their games as is in the past and i certainly am not but then you have games like until dawn or life is strange that's totally doing their their formula even better than them you know so something's something's got to change and if there's not the excitement probably doesn't equate to sales and now you're in this situation yeah absolutely it's it's an unfortunate thing i mean i hope all these people that 
you know, from like Runic and Telltale can find jobs here pretty quick. Yeah, and I think this is the classic story of adapt or die. Like, you can't stay stagnant in the video game industry. You can't keep doing the same things. We saw that with uh, yeah. with Housemark. They couldn't keep doing the same thing because, like, they couldn't attract new people to buy their games or people to just buy their games in general. Because I, I think the thing around that is that people were like, oh, yeah, I've played a Housemark game. I don't need to buy another one. Yeah, it's just and I feel the same way with Telltale sometimes like I've already played. I know what Telltale is going to do. Like they're going to tell a story. I I don't I don't need to play their game, which has mediocre interaction. It's just and like they need to they need to do something new. They need to do something that like evolves what they what they're known for. And if they can't do that, they're going to end up laying off more people. Right. Their CEO put out a statement, uh, Pete Hawley, and he said, Our industry has shifted in tremendous ways over the past few years. The realities of the environment we face moving forward demand we evolve as well, reorienting our organization with focus on delivering fewer, better games with a smaller team. Right on. You know, I think the games they have lined up with, you know, they're doing the second season of Batman right now, and then they have the second season of The Wolf, uh, Wolf Among Us and the final season of The Walking Dead. Those are great things. You know, let's just hope that, you know, they can really improve that engine, really do some cool new things with the gameplay or choices or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, they got to they gotta change something up. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, Battlefront 2 is out this week, and they revealed their first DLC. I'm not sure if it's the first DLC, but they're doing a DLC for The Last Jedi. It's going to have some new multiplayer content, some maps. Uh, I'm guessing characters. I'm going to look in here real quickly. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like just oh, first order New Republic faction quests, whatever that means. I haven't been following Star Wars. You'll be able to play Wonder. as Finn and Captain Phasma. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like there's some story stuff here. It's going to be a new story mission, so that's cool. And the new new characters, the map. Mm. You get to pick a side. Yeah, yeah I mean, and they're releasing you know, this on November seventeenth. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah, I mean Battlefront. It's yeah, out this week, but in you know next week they're gonna have. Oh man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it, this stuff comes out December fifth and the thirteenth, and so I guess they're calling these. They're gonna be calling these things seasons, mm. which is neat. Uh, all this stuff's going to be free. So hopefully it's it's worth it. It's worth having a shit loot box system to have something like this. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, it's cool, though. I mean, it, and it totally makes sense that the first, you know, round of extra content is based off of the hot new movie that's going to be coming out, you know? Mm. Yeah, well, EA is doubling down on Star Wars and loot boxes. Sony is doubling down on PlayStation Move. 
right. They're ramping up production of move controllers. Those big glowy orbs of pink and blue. Uh, it seems related to their PSVR initiative. They're, they are coming out with a new SKU of PSVR that eliminates the breakout box. Or does a new breakout box thing where it can pass HDR through. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're making more move controllers. So if they were hard to find before, you'll be able to see them now. Probably. I haven't really been in a store recently. Yeah, me either. But cool. Mm. You know, I mean, if they stay committed to so PlayStation VR, then they got to stay committed to PlayStation Move. Mm. I just kind of, you know, I'm sure they made tweaks and stuff, but I, I just kind of wish they would uh, kind of redo PlayStation Move in a way. Maybe redo isn't, isn't the word, but PlayStation Move is PlayStation 3 technology. Like, yes, it works with the PlayStation 4 and VR and stuff, but, you know, I've heard some, like, motion tracking issues that these things have. And Would you, you call know, them PlayStation Stop? Hey, uh, yeah, but it's like, you know, if you're going to double down the production of lunch, you also maybe double down and maybe enhancing them a little bit. Mm -hmm. But that's an expense for sure. It is. Um, expensive things are video games and looks like Warner Brothers are they're, they're doling out the money to create a studio port key. That are going to be used to publish Harry Potter games. Cool. Yeah, they're, they're, Warner Brothers is making Harry Potter games. I know there's going to be a mobile game coming out next year, made by Niantic. But yeah, they're just—they're going to—they're uh, not going to focus on Harry versus Voldemort. They'll feature familiar characters, though different points of view i i think i like harry potter and i'd like to learn more about the other characters in harry potter i have never seen a harry potter movie hmm maybe you it's need like, to fix that i i i do probably but also there's a lot of stuff like that's not even a one-day marathon to me no. like i'd have to i'd have to space that out over a couple of weekends if i I wanted to still enjoy it by the end. Yeah. They, they said, though, you know, Warner Brothers themselves, they're not making the games, but they're going to just use this label to kind of fund other developers making games, which could be cool. Mm. Maybe that's the way to go with this stuff. I just wonder how serious these games will be. You know, will they be mobile games or are we going to get like a serious Harry Potter game on consoles or something? Hmm. We're gonna get uh, another. Yeah. We're gonna get a VR wizard game. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter VR. I think they already did. Well, no, they did a Harry Potter Wii game, and that was yeah. okay. Oh well. I'm excited for sequel to Near Automata. Which is going to happen, I hope. They're going to make another game in the series. Yasuke Saito confirmed that they're working on a new project. And it's going to be 
they put up a recruitment page for a writer for the near series so yeah we can expect more near i'm very 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 happy and if you have insane ideas go work on this project because they'll probably let you do them <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> i just think with near they should just turn up the insanity just oh hell yeah another notch and just really start rolling with it now you know <laughs> i i think personally i think near is more insane than metal gear i think that argument could probably be made but metal gear is ridiculous though and i'm not even a metal gear guy but everything i've heard about this stuff like i'm just like what whatever man this is fucking you gotta ridiculous. play oh man i know i got i gotta play near for sure yeah Hmm. So uh, at also, least at least enough so you know what I'm talking about when we come to game of the year stuff. Yeah, and apparently Yokotaro is it still part of the game. Uh, I Saito hope so. Said, he, he said he is at least. I'd like to believe so. So there you go. Mm. He'll mm. do whatever he wants to do uh, as long as he's getting paid for it. <laughs> All right. Hey. Cool. Yeah. It, near. I think Square Enix kind of. I think they know what they have now. Bit. Yeah. They didn't. Near. They weren't quite clear with the first near game, but I think after this one, they're like, "Oh yeah, we have something here." <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'm glad that they're they're doubling down on it. They're like, "Oh, a Japanese cool. studio is doing something great." Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, something that seems a little less awesome to me: EA is buying Respawn. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like breaking news. I mean, this just kind of came out. Yeah, not too long ago, right before we started recording. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, their EA bought Respawn for four hundred million dollars. Respawn made Titanfall, Titanfall two. <laughs> Uh, right. Uh, just not. Uh, is it even a month after they closed down Visceral? <laughs> a few weeks after now. Uh, so yeah, they went out and cashed out for this. They're going to be working on Star Wars and probably Titanfall three. Yeah, it says so. They bought Respawn for four hundred fifty-five million dollars. They outbid. South Korean publisher Nexon, uh, who publishes the Titanfall mobile game, who they were also trying to buy Respawn. Um, and says here, Respawn will also receive bonuses tied to Metacritic scores for its upcoming Star Wars game and the unannounced Titanfall 3, according to documentation. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Respawn's an awesome studio. Let's hope uh, EA doesn't decide, hey, you're going to work on projects that aren't Titanfall. Yeah, exactly. And let's hope that EA kind of lets these guys do whatever they want in a way. You know, they, it seems like they've been... We're seeing it a little bit more and more, but for a while there they've been a little bit hands off with Bioware in a way of Bioware still kind of making new IP and, you know, 
doing sequels and, and all this stuff. And that stuff's cool. You know, they're not tampering too, too much with that stuff, but they are getting into like, hey, you got to put microtransactions in your multiplayer. You got to have multiplayer, blah, 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 blah. See how Anthem turns out. I just hope EA doesn't <laughs> pull an EA on respawn here, you know? Mm. And that means like, hey, let's hope that respawns, you know, years are not numbered. How many do you think we're going to get more loot boxes in Titanfall? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Oh, you know that's that's the one thing oh my like, goodness how huge are those loot boxes gonna be are they gonna be like titan sized loot boxes or are they gonna be like pilot sized loot boxes uh, you don't know until you, you see the loot box dropping down from the sky and it's like wow it's a big loot box i got something for my titan mm. i wonder yeah. what's in this no it's just a giant box but it isn't for your titan it's just it's a box with another box inside of it <laughs> yeah I'm a little sad on this, though, because you have Titanfall 2, and that game did post-launch content, like, really, really well, of a lot of free maps and, you know, add-ons and all that stuff and modes. Uh, They did eventually add in some microtransaction stuff, but it's totally, like, (laughs) you don't even really need to buy it at all because you can unlock stuff really fast in that game. And now you just know that EA is probably going to have their hands all over Titanfall 3, you know, of like you got to have season pass maybe or you got to do boxes, obviously, and and all this stuff. And that's just going to be a a little icky for sure. Mm -hmm. Let's hope, though, that Respawn gets another crack at Titanfall. I mean, they're saying here they're going to do a Titanfall 3, but let's hope it actually pans out and that EA – you know, puts a lot behind it. It doesn't put it at a fucking shitty release time that happened with Titanfall 2 or signs it on to just be an Xbox exclusive like they did with the first one. Like, let's put it on PS4, Xbox, PC, whatever the fuck is out at the time. Let's put it out at a great time. Let's really put some nice marketing behind us and all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And hopefully this Star Wars game doesn't kill them like it did in Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, let's hope like, they they put their stuff out on PlayStation Four so we can get trophies. Woohoo! Because trophies are going to have a little bit of actual value if you sign up for Sony Rewards. And when you mean a little bit, you I mean really mean a just a little bit. bit. So, <laughs> so here's the thing: so Sony Rewards program has been going on. If you have like the Sony credit card, you get like bonus points, which you can cash in for Sony products or PlayStation Network credit, all that kind of stuff. But now they're allowing you to earn points through trophies. Let's break down the 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 point value. Your silver trophies. Actually, let's start off. Bronze trophies ain't worth shit. Don't even fucking try to get cute with your fucking bronze trophies. Nope. Um, your silver trophies worth a penny. Uh, Yay. Your gold trophies worth uh, what? A uh, a dime? Yeah. And your platinum trophies are worth a buck. Uh, you can only trade them in in certain increments. You have to trade in silver trophies at like 100 
increments. So you get a buck for every hundred silver trophies. You get two fifty for every twenty-five gold trophies. You have to turn in that, and you have to turn in platinums in it ten at a time. Ten bucks. Yeah, Yay. that's a lot of work for such low value. <laughs> hmm. I should have saved my uh, oh, sound shapes platinums. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's a thing. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. Like, it's something that's going to be on the side. I am signed up for Sony Rewards, but I, I don't know how much I'm actually going to get out of this. Like, it's okay. Fine. You're going to get something for getting trophies, but it's so little value that it doesn't even fucking matter. Mm. You know, but let's, like, let's platinum a bunch of really dumbass games. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, why not? Uh, but we, but we always wonder for the longest time, like why don't we get real world rewards for getting trophies or achievements? And you know, Sony's finally doing that for the first time. And, it's just a little underwhelming because I saw the headline. I'm like, Sony Rewards now lets you, you know, buy games with trophies. And I'm like, oh, shit. Cool. And then I read the article. And I'm like, oh. yeah, it's. And this does not apply to whatever you have now. So if you have 5,000 trophies now, it does not matter. It's been mm-hmm. like this day moving forward. It's, yeah. Uh, it's also only available in the United States, so sorry to the international community. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a thing that's basically going to be a side thing for me. Like, oh, I guess I should cash in now. It's not like, yeah. oh, I'm doing this to cash in. Like, maybe you can get around to, like, buying a cool indie game or something that's a little bit on the cheaper side. But still, like, the amount of time it would take to actually get to that point is like, fuck. Wait, hold on. I'm trying to do the math. So, if you get six PlayStation Plus games a month, could you potentially earn throughout the year, if you platinum all those games, enough credit to re-up your PlayStation Plus? (laughs) Well, theoretically... You get six games. Not all of them have a platinum. Yeah. Let's just say they do. So you have what? You don't only have to platinum like... Platinum is a dollar? Yeah, platinum's a buck. So you don't only have to... Wait, no, you'd have to platinum 60 games. Shit. Right. Which, yeah, you... 72 all year. Yeah, you could, but that's a lot of time. That's just... At a a certain point, it becomes becomes a time thing. Yeah. More than anything else. But, yeah, it's... (sighs) Oh, well. Wonderful. You can use this money to buy games, but probably not the new games that came out this week. (laughs) And there are some new games that came out this week. Before we get to that, though, yeah. didn't they put out, Sony put out um, info on PSX this year of, like, they're not doing an actual, like, conference like they've done? So they are doing a, they're doing a presentation. Do- yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be streamed out for everybody, but they are doing a presentation Friday. And uh, people who get there with their early bird tickets 
can attend that, which I do have my early bird ticket. Yeah, um, they confirmed that like Sucker Punch and Medium Molecule will be at that thing. Yeah, we'll see what but, that turns out being. Yeah, but I don't think people should expect like last year's PSX. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the timing with Paris Games Week and everything obviously is uh, a little too short. So maybe they'll announce some stuff, or maybe we'll just get release dates from stuff. I, I and I like I this. Know, I like this it. move though. To the Friday evening will be this thing, so that Saturday and Sunday I can just spend on the floor rather than you know trying to see this see this presentation during that time. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's it's a good thing for me. I'll be there. It'll be yeah. fun. I'll do some video. Video. Mm. Yeah. But let's not delay any further. Let's let the people know what video games they can play this week. And I'm excited to tell you about this first game on the list. This is absolutely game of the year 2017. Ace. Hands down. Of seafood. Fuck Yes, this art is incredible. This is on PlayStation 4 digitally. You can now openly admit to the desire we all share to become seafood. Because Ace of Seafood is an action game where you scavenge the depths of ocean while battling other life forms and increasing the strength of your own forces. Like, look how high quality this fish is. I am just, I'm just going to copy this. I'm going to save this image because I, I just need this for, for future reference. But yeah. Mm. That's just awesome, man. Next up is ATV Drift and Tricks PS4. Retail. Abandoned two-wheeled dirt bikes in favor of more intense fun and extreme racing experience atv drift and tricks is the essential quad game for thrill seekers looking to own the road in rugged all-terrain vehicles Mm. so apparently has a playstation vr mode in it too cool (laughs) next is a playstation vita game Cursed Castilla. Maldita Castilla EX. Cursed Castilla. Maldita Castilla EX is an arcade action platformer full of creatures from medieval myths from Spain and the rest of Europe, as well as from chivalric romances. This game is an extended version of the renowned classic arcade Matilda Castilla, originally created by the indie Loco Melito. Next up is Discovery on PS4 and PlayStation VR. Huh. Huh. With some hot Minecraft looking art here. Explore a giant world made of blocks and modify it with your own creations. Construct houses, build entire villages, cities, monumental constructions, or dig deep underground. Hmm. Huh. I, hold on, I need to... I'm just sending out a tweet about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that's certainly interesting. Here is... Ghosts in the Toy Box 
Chapter one. Oh. PlayStation VR. <laughs> Help! Professor Milestone's latest experiment has gone disastrously wrong. He's accidentally trapped a frightful play fright of playful poltergeists inside toys which are scattered around his home. You need to destroy the toys to free the spirits from their patchwork prisons. Uh, Stay tuned ooh, for chapter two. I want to play this game. Hand of Fate 2 on PS4. Hand of Fate 2 is a dungeon crawler set in a world of dark fantasy. Master a living board game where every stage of adventure is drawn from a deck of legendary counters chosen by you. This seems like a game right up your alley. Yeah, it is. And uh, I'll probably play some of it, maybe even on a stream. Yeah. I don't know. Damn it. You know, this would be a nice time if my memory would work. Do you know the jingle for this one? I don't. No. Never mind that then. We have Jeopardy on PlayStation 4 digitally. America's favorite quiz show, Jeopardy, makes its long-awaited return to home consoles in full HD. Master your lightning-quick reflexes with new streamlined controls to solve more than 2,000 clues. Because... What Jeopardy needs is lightning quick reflexes and streamlined controls. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Wow. League of War VR Arena, PlayStation VR. League of War VR Arena is a hands-on, fast-paced war game the likes of which you've never seen. Deploy your tanks, choppers, and infantry onto a virtual battlefield swiftly countering your opponent's units as you drive towards destroying their base. I'm pretty sure they... They just announced this. At, games week. Yeah. During the pre-show. It seems neat. It's like an RTS, but VR. Mm-hmm. We just talked about Telltale earlier today, and this week they're releasing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series, Episode 5, on PlayStation 4 digitally. In the aftermath of un an unbearable sacrifice, the Guardians finally fracture. With their opposition in shambles, Hala renews her campaign of death and devastation, carving a path of indiscriminate, indiscriminate destruction en route to nowhere. Spelled with Speaking of Marvel, did you see that Thor Ragnarok? I need to see Thor this weekend, Joan. Don't talk about it. Okay, okay. Uh, it's all I'll say is it is an incredible amount of fun to watch. I liked it. It's my favorite of Thor movies. Max, The Curse of Brotherhood, PS4. A warm summer day, Max comes home from school and finds his room in a mess. His little brother Felix is playing with his toys again. In anger, Max turns to his laptop and makes a search. How to make your brother disappear? What a dick! Mm. Although, Matt, so this game was uh, an Xbox exclusive for a long time. It was only on Xbox One and 360, and now it has made its way to PS4. Years later, I mean, it was like probably 2014, maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Coming out of the Telltale Factory also this week. Strange they decide to release games during the same week. That's yeah, it's, that, it's a choice. 
<laughs> yeah. After That's narrowly cool. escaping from the admin's twisted prison, Jesse and the remaining fugitives discover not just a forgotten city, but an entire hidden world beneath, buried beneath the bedrock. Woohoo. <sighs> Next up is Need for Speed Payback, PS4. Digital and retail. Need for Speed returns with a vengeance in this new high action driving blockbuster Need for Speed payback. Set in the underworld of Fortune Valley, you and your crew were divided by betrayal and reunited by revenge to take down the house, a nefarious cartel that rules the city as casinos, criminals, and cops. This game is not getting good reviews at all. It's not even looking good when I see it played. No, it's it's unfortunate because that E3 demo was like, hmm, that could be fun to play. And now, turns out it's not not too great. I just wonder, uh, you know, Need for Speed has not been too great in a little while now. Go back to burnout. Go yeah, back to that burnout. Would be great. But like, what is Need for Speed's future with EA? Mm. You should put it on the shelf. EA's just got a whole bunch of pickles going on, man. Mm. Pickles, pickles, pickles. Um, Neo's getting a complete edition. It doesn't really explain what that includes in the description, so I think we'll just skip that. But yeah, Neo, released earlier this year, has a complete edition, which we can only assume that includes DLCs. Yeah. Uh, oh, I should get this. Yes, you want you want to take this one? I know it's out of order, but go ahead. <laughs> Professional construction, the simulation on PS4. <laughs> Immerse yourself in this sprawling and fascinating world of road construction. Experience life on a construction site like the pros, and use heavy equipment and massive machinery. This okay. is all right. So this is a game where I wish I lived closer to you, so I could set up a studio to stream this with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing. Experience life on a construction site like pros, that just means like kind of like a bunch of egos in a room uh, kind of arguing with each other, trying to figure out problems that that uh, should have been figured out <laughs> a long time ago. Mm. But then you, 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 you build stuff. But this is road construction. I don't do road construction. Mm. Hmm. Looks like they've got a lot of buildings behind them, though. That are yeah, that's true. There looks like they're zoned off. What's that green green fencing? Or yeah, whatever I that is around prob- there. Maybe probably a, a fence. Maybe they're buildings. It looks like there are cranes on top of those buildings too. So you might be making more than just roads. Yeah, looks like they're laying foundation. It doesn't look like necessarily they're making a road. Yeah, maybe. What the fuck I don't know. That? What the fuck would I know? I know I don't work in construction. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, their picture leads to uh, leads some conflicting things here. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> We're not at all conflicted about what Sonic Forces is, though. It's on PlayStation 4 Digital and Retail. Join Sonic as he tries to take back the world and Sonic Forces, the newest game from the team that brought you Sonic Colors and Sonic Generations. Ooh, this game's not getting good reviews either. No, and... It, <laughs> It just looks bad. Just Yeah. Mm. Way of Redemption on PS4. 
if you have a passion for esports and you want to test your skills, your time has arrived. Way of Redemption was made for you. So it's a game purely made for esports. Okay. Okay. If you like Jeopardy, you might also like Wheel of Fortune. Oh, on shit. PlayStation 4 digitally. Spin the wheel with America's game, Wheel of Fortune, the most watched program on television. Solve up to 4,000 unique puzzles as you compete against friends, family, and online players around the world. I feel like they don't need to limit themselves to 4,000 unique puzzles. What they could do is just... <laughs> they could pull tweets. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Like, I feel like there's a, there's a better way to make this game. Like, you don't need to limit yourself to 4,000 puzzles. No, just like Twitter didn't need to limit themselves to 140 characters. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about 280 characters yet. I'm still not used I'll, to it. Most I'm of the people sure who are... Either. Yeah, most of the people who are jackasses aren't people I follow. It's just people that I follow who are retweeting them as a joke. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's not it's not been too terrible yet. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Last game of the week is a uh, Wuppo on PS4. What'd you call me? A Wuppo. Okay. After losing its home, one lonely wum must travel the length and width of the world to find a new place to live. <laughs> I'm a little. I'm very confused by this. Mm. You got like a like a fucking cloud meatball looking dude. You got an egg. You got a dude that's like drugged down on something, but he looks like a, a, a looks like he was looks like he was in in the mud. Yeah. Huh. All right. That's all the okay. games for this week. Yeah. You can watch Valerian in the City of Thousand Planets if you want. Get that Don Dahan. Hmm. I have not watched that movie before. Yeah. I guess Maroon 5 has a new album. Sam Smith. Holy moly. Yeah. Hopefully the releases are winding down. I mean, I know next week still Battlefront 2 and stuff, but uh, I know we are getting towards the end of the year. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's People will be tired of buying video games. For a little bit. You know, but Monster Hunter World is out in January, so I, yeah. I hate to break it to you, but I'm I'm going to be buying games early next year too. <laughs> the train keeps rolling here on the PlayStation Report, and this has been episode 87 of the PlayStation Report. Next week, I hope you finished Wolfenstein so we can get into a spoiler cast of Wolfenstein. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things to fucking unpack. <laughs> yeah. We could probably, honestly, we could do a special episode just on Wolfenstein. Probably could. I um, mean, there's there's a lot going on in that fucking game. We'll, we'll see what's going on next, like, during the week. But maybe maybe that's what next week's podcast is, if there's no news. Uh, but yeah, you can, you can always contact us on the internet via email. Find that email address, PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You can find the, the podcast's Twitter account at PS Report Podcast. Woohoo! You can find me at The Arctic Sloth. And I've got some news for you. 
I've been, I've been invited to become a Twitch affiliate. Oh boy. So yeah, I guess maybe follow my Twitch at uh, slash the Arctic Sloth. There you I'll go. have some stuff up there. I'm, I might be streaming the day you're hearing this. Uh, you can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged On Vids or YouTube.com slash Plugged On Vids. Yeah. It's been a good week, Tyler. It has. We're going to play some video games together sometime this weekend. I can feel yeah. it. I can feel it happening. Yeah. Mm. Shizzle. My nizzle. Tomorrow, I'm also doing the 24 beer challenge. You're going to drink a beer an hour? Just, it doesn't have to be a beer an hour, just 24 no, beers in 24 a day. Beers. 24 oh beers God. in 24 hours. I don't know if I could do that. I would just. I couldn't so do it bloated. last year. I last year I fell asleep like at eleven beers, like, and then I fell behind, and I was like, "Holy shit, I'm so far behind!" But I can't slam all these beers because I feel terrible. I just want to try it sometime, but I know it just would not not end well for See, me. See, I just I get sleepy when I have alcohol. It's mm, it's a thing that prevents me from doing any kind of drinking challenge over a period of time see something like that would probably give me the fucking uh, hiccups and (laughs) i my hiccups i can't i hate my hiccups yeah yeah Mm. well good luck to you yeah thanks um and good luck (laughs) to everyone out there playing your video games you know keep at it be good to each other beat those damn games man Beat them yeah. up. Beat them up. And Tyler, what do we tell the people to do? Stay saucy, motherfucker.